0: Hello, all, and welcome back to another episode of Movies and Us, a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about movies, stories, and connection. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And today we are going to be reviewing the other half of the Barbenheimer craze, Barbie. And we are joined by a very special guest. We're joined by Philip. Philip, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Hey, everybody. Yeah, uh, Philip Marinello from The Substance Podcast big movie guy and fan of the show actually uh listened to a while i connected with sarah a little while back online and have enjoyed going through your library here and there and yeah happy to join you for i guess surprise like i knew barbie was going to be good but i didn't know it was going to be as big of a thing as it has become (laughs) uh, cinematically and globally so it's even an extra extra exciting to join you ladies here today
0: Yes, yes. The, like, pop culture phenomenon that this has been, we should talk about at some point, because that has been fascinating in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for Barbie before we dive in?
2: Sure. Barbie suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence.
1: Right to the point.
0: (laughs) Very accurate. Yes. Yes. But I didn't expect the phrase Barbie suffers to ever be like two words that are that close to each other, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's start off with our one-sentence summaries for Barbie. And Philip as our guest, we're going to have you go first to share yours.
1: All right. So I went with this generation's fight club, question mark?
0: That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's a lot that tracks there. <laughs> okay, Sarah, what was your one-sentence summary for Barbie?
2: Uh, mine is single-handedly making rollerblading the hottest trend of 2023.
1: Yes. Never leave Neon. home without them.
0: Never leave home without them. Got to be prepared. Yeah. You've got to be able to spot them from like 100 feet Space. away as well. Yeah. Neon only. Uh, my once-ended summary is hire Greta Gerwig to perform alchemy on all your toxic brand transformations.
1: Which, right out of the gate, uh, did have you guys seen the announcements of the whole slate of Mattel movies that may or may not be coming in the next uh, five to ten years which sound very questionable
0: this is what I feared would happen with the success of this film is that all of the commerce brands are like oh yeah we can get in on this too
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean if you have a an auteur director with a unique vision that you don't step on and have the star like nobody's going to have this nobody's going to have this you could have a good movie you could have a, a good an okay to good movie that does some business but nobody's gonna have this
0: yeah yeah and i think there's there's like a nostalgia and a connection that a lot of the, a lot of people have with this brand as well that is also helping helping this quite a bit too but yeah lots of copycats in the pipeline
1: <laughs> i'm curious though about uh daniel kaluuya's barney movie that that sounds interesting <sighs> but i I don't want I don't want any of those to happen really
0: though. <laughs> but if anyone can make it somewhat acceptable, it's Daniel Kalua, so yeah, yeah. but these
1: see. are all going to be taking people away for years and years from other actual original <laughs> things that they could be doing as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's start off with our initial thoughts about Barbie, and in this first section, we will not include any spoilers of what happens in this film. We will talk more high-level about this, so, um, Philip, kick us off. Tell us, how did Barbie work for you?
1: Um, Barbie worked for me very much, and I mean, there's a lot of different things we could talk to, and I feel like over the years, like, there's a lot in here, but... It's also just an entertaining movie on its face. Like, yes, especially towards the end, they do say some things very explicitly and clearly, and maybe that's not for everybody. It didn't work for me as strongly as it did for some, but I don't really knock that against it. But if you just watch this as a movie, it's very entertaining. I was One of the things that I was the most surprised about was how funny it was. It was a really funny movie.
0: Yeah, it's definitely struck this really magical balance between being entertaining for the masses and on its surface. But if you really want to dig and and look into a lot of the details and the metaphors and what it all represents too, there's still a lot of substance there as well.
1: Absolutely. No. Yeah. This is something that I've considered maybe in like when it comes out down the road, we will, because yeah, there's, there's a lot here to, uh, dissect, discuss sociologically gender stuff, uh, like particularly like women in society and capitalism and all these things. But it's really fun. And Ryan Gosling, man, maybe comic performance of the year. He was really stinking funny. Every scene he was in, he he was making me laugh through the entire thing. And I was not expecting Barbie to be such a successful comedy. Like I love Greta Gerwig. I knew it was going to be well made, thoughtful, subversive, but I was not expecting it to be. Uh, potent- they didn't really make comedies anymore. And I know that's some like that's kind of a dead horse to beat a little bit, but studios don't usually make comedies and like the niche comedies th- there's plenty of fine ones out there but like a broad genuinely funny comedy. I don't remember the last. Like maybe Game Night, which is at this point maybe 5 or 6 years old, like I I loved how funny this was. Ryan Gosling was hysterical.
2: Yeah, I I echo a lot of what Philip just said I was really blown away by how funny this is and I think that that a comedic movie is a difficult thing to pull off and that is what this did it's not just like a fun romp but there are actually like laugh out loud funny moments um, and then <laughs> beyond it all there are lots of messages that you can take away great performances great writing like this is a a very well-made movie it's a good time uh and everybody should go see it i mean it seems like everybody already has seen it
1: looks like everybody has seen it a, a number of i've seen it twice myself i was just uh telling them a second ago before we started recording as of recording today it's made three quarters of a billion dollars in its first 10 or 11 days of being out which is wild.
2: Yeah, that's wild. So, uh, but let's all go see it again. Like, yes, I, let's I go see it again.
0: This some more because it's not good. I think. A, I think a lot of women have seen this. I am intrigued to mm-hmm. see if they have. I'm sure they're tracking all this data. But the the number of of the male population that will be dragged to see this by their wives, spouses, whatever it might be, partners, because I don't know about your theaters, but it was like ninety percent female. And oh yeah. It makes sure. sense. Right. But it, I've also talked to so many women who have seen this that have been like, this was so good. I'm taking my spouse partner, whatever it is, to go see this next because um a lot of them just haven't to see it. But I think that there's there's a lot here for the kind of Ken storyline here that we'll talk about and get into. But I was surprised at how much time and and attention and thoughtfulness they put into that whole plot line as well. So I think there's a lot for the male population here as well.
1: They did. I was reading a little while ago that six to seven percent of the ticket sales also came from Oppenheimer being sold out. So because of the double bill weekend, like six or seven percent, and I don't know how they quantified that, but like if the three, a three hour movie can show in less slots than a two hour movie. So if you go to the theater, you're all excited and they're all sold out. You're like, well, I'm going to go see the other big one. And there's just a lot more showings because it's shorter. So, um, I'd be curious. Cause yeah, it's yeah, it definitely has something for everybody. I was thinking about making something like that. My, uh, my one sentence deal, but I was, I really appreciated how it was truly a movie for everybody. Um, I mean, Little, little kids, a lot of it would go over their head. But I mean, opening night, especially, there were plenty of little kids. And maybe there were one or two things that went over their head. But I didn't really feel like it was one of those deep movies where it's a kid can't really get anything from it. Like a lot of the little girls that were in my first showing were seeming to have a, a great time. And maybe it was because they dressed up and got to have soda and popcorn and whatnot. But they seemed to be having a very good time.
2: No, that was the same experience in, in my theater when I saw it. Granted, I did see it at 9 a.m. on a weekday, so there were fewer people there. Was it still packed, though? Uh, there were like, I don't know, maybe 10 other people in the theater, and oh, it was okay. like a parent with a child, and then there were two adults, a male and a female together, and I think that was it. Uh, but the kids seemed to have a really good time. Like I could hear them like laughing and just having a good time with it, which also surprised me i don't know why it didn't occur to me before watching this that like this would be a kids movie too but uh the kids seem to really enjoy it as well as the adults which like that's a hard thing to pull off so very much hat tip to greta gerwig and noah baumbach for that
0: yeah before we actually talk about the film i just i think that the movie going experience that this was for so many people is particularly noteworthy. I haven't been to a theater this packed since watching Infinity War and Endgame. And there's a, I think that population tends to be a little bit younger leaning, but there was a full gamut, full spectrum of younger females, younger people, uh, families, all the way through to older, much older people that were going out and seeing this movie and dressing up. Like my theater was probably 99% pink.
1: Oh yeah, we we were all dressed up opening night. It was and some people like, went hard. But I mean, yes. yeah, nearly everybody was in pink. It was pretty fun.
0: It was like it's like a themed costume party that everyone is invited to. So just the the like experience of going to a theater and, and being in a packed crowd and it being a a thing that you get dressed up for just felt uh like it harkened back to the older days where the theater going to a movie was a thing that you dressed up for and it was a night out
1: i love the theater going experience i also wrote that in my letterbox review the first time i saw it i i go to the movies a lot as much as i can and i have not felt the energy since endgame like that was the best i know covid jacked up the movie going experience in some ways but i mean I've been to plenty of big movies and relatively packed theaters since Endgame, but really since Endgame, I haven't felt like that, that energy, that excitement, that anticipation, the the oohs and the ahs, and the laughters and the tears, like everybody was having a true communal experience in a very special way that I haven't had in several years at the theater.
0: Yeah, that that feeling of laughing in a crowd is oddly uh, thrilling and as like a sense of camaraderie. Yeah. This ride that you're all in together. Uh, I think I had to wait like 25 minutes for popcorn. Like that never happens. You know? Right. Yeah. We are talking to people
1: in the lines. (laughs) It was fun. The family in front of me, it was like a multi-generational, like three generations in front of me, parents, grandparents, kids. And it was, everybody had a great time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting to also think about the way, that what this can do for the theater-going experience and reigniting mm-hmm. that for a lot of people. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of like big tentpole movies that have been focused on big IP, and you could argue that Barbie kind of has a little bit of that nostalgia. It's an IP that people know, but Oppenheimer on the other side of the spectrum, right? Like this is this whole social media craze and all of the hype around this has gotten people into theater.
1: But yeah, no, it was. I love the event i love going to the theater and it was so exciting my favorite little independent theater here in kansas city sold out sold out day after day after day and i went to go Mm -hmm. see my second showing on like a wednesday and the front the front and back parking lots were both packed and it was just the coolest thing
0: yeah yeah we're here for original ideas you know like people will show up for it people will come um
1: and I hope that that is the lesson that studios will eventually learn. Yeah. Not just toys equal dollars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's very hopeful
2: of you. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I mean, I don't think it's likely, but I'm, I'm hoping. Yes. That, cross your fingers. You get talented people, give them artistic freedom. Cause yeah. they're the ones making like, yeah. Get yeah. good people to make a good movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's include a spoiler alert here so if you haven't seen barbie somehow yet we recommend going to the theater and experiencing it. as we've talked about so much um just experience it in the theater go see it go check it out uh yeah all right we have full reign over anything we want to dive into first let's maybe start with things that really stood out to you uh whether it's themes or moments in this film that were particularly noteworthy, like you found yourself thinking about it in the hours and days afterwards. Let's start there.
1: Well, I mean, I was struck. I wasn't surprised that it was political, but I I appreciate like right off the bat, like in the first couple of minutes, there was that Barbie talking to the all-female Supreme Court basically about corporations shouldn't have rights like, I think probably under minute five, maybe in like because that was one of the first things. And I was just like, "Okay, this is smart. It's political, but it's not. I mean, I don't know. People who make a living off of being offended and having their feelings hurt, like had some things to say. But genuinely, after seeing it twice, I don't think any of the, the politics of the movie were belligerent or offensive like you can agree or disagree, like that's fine. But I mean, it was done in a very winsome and charming way, but very clear and very pervasive. And and I appreciated that. Like right away, they're like, corporations shouldn't have rights. And I'm like, I know Mattel is happy to make the money, but I'm just impressed that Greta and Noah like got away with this in a way like that both Warner Brothers and Mattel are like, sure, you can do this. And that's like, I loved it.
2: Right. And there were so many things throughout the movie like that, that I was like, how in the world did they get this in here? Uh, And, and like you said, like, I, I loved it. And I think because it's, it's framed and it's, it's shown in such a smart way. And it's not in this big, like, I'm making a big statement. You must agree with me. It's just this, like, this is our world. Look at our world that we created. Isn't it great? And and that's it so you can either accept it or not but i i think that there were so many f- smart and playful things that they used to point out uh political things or these themes uh, and they just did it so smoothly it was like oh okay yeah let's think about that now it was great also can i just say isa ray for president I'll vote so for her. Like good. Yeah, good. Yeah. every
1: she scene she was in, she was great. Her bit at the end was one <laughs> of my bit, like completely surprising out of left field. That was I laughed very hard and loud, and I probably annoyed the people next to me. I I thought that was hysterical.
0: Yeah. So many moments that were like jokes that had, if you thought about it a little further, there's so much meaning behind them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that that is the The perfect blend of entertainment, but also purpose and meaning and and communicating ideas to the masses. I thought one thing that I was struck by um, in this film is how much they were able to to balance a lot of these nuances. And I think this this movie clearly is incredibly self-aware, incredibly thoughtful around holding multiple truths together at the same time, you know? like. They have all those those bits around stereotypical Barbie and her being, um, you know, all of the criticism that Barbie's had over the years around creating these unrealistic expectations for young girls. And simultaneously, the they've taken the, um, the way that Barbie has expanded and um, had all these different Barbies that represent, you know, like Adventure Barbie and President Barbie and all this kind of stuff and frame that in terms of representing how much women can do. And- both of those things can be true about this brand and, and um, this product. And so it, that, those multiple truths feel incredibly balanced, and I thought that was a, a hard task. I actually thought this was going to be a far more scathing um, criticism of Barbie as a brand and and kind of go go after it, but it's oddly balanced in its perspectives.
1: Well, because I mean, that's something that I wanted to actually ask you to about, because it is yeah. both, right? I usually, my MO is, I I maybe watch a teaser, but I try to never watch trailers. But the teaser, I believe, had the 2001 imagery in it, so I already knew that going into it. I wish I didn't, but I I really liked that opening. It was very funny, but it, I thought it, it was, again, it was very funny, but it made the point nicely, and I wanted to ask you guys. So the point of how Barbie, in some ways, was a step forward. Because before like the market for girls was baby dolls and that's all they had. And that's not a very aspirational thing in a number of ways. Like when you're older, you don't want it. Or it's the idea of our is, is the only play scenario for women to eventually be a mom. So Barbie was a step forward that you can do all these other things. But then it also did kind of cause a lot of other problems as well for numbers. Like, so what is your two briefly? Like what were your, histories with Barbie kind of going into it and expectations of a, a Greta Gerwig treatment of it?
0: My perspective on Barbie was probably a lot more negative, which is why I thought in the hands of someone like Greta Gerwig, who has been such a a champion of stories about women and the stories of women and all of that, it's a it's, it's common theme across all of her films and whatnot. I was like, oh, Greta Gerwig's going to go in on this. You know what I mean? Like she's going to really tear it to shreds and in the best way because uh there is a lot of problematic aspects of of barbie and, and especially for young girls to see that uh so the movie in a way opened up my perspective around these other facets of barbie as a brand and the choices that they've made that i actually don't i'm not i am not from to tell but i don't think that those choices were about female empowerment i think they were marketing choices But somehow she's been able to spin it in this way and in this narrative around this is exciting for women to be able to see themselves in all of these different types of personalities and roles and environments, right? I think Mattel's like, let's put a venture Barbie in there because it'll sell more and we can get girls to collect all of them, right? Um, But I think that she's taken this this brand of Barbie and kind of painted on the canvas to reframe Barbie as – this is all of the multifaceted aspects of women. This she represents, like you can be what you want to be, and you can dream. So this is why I was like, she's just performing alchemy out here because I, I don't, my cynical like capitalism self is like, there's no way that was the intention. They're just trying <laughs> to sell more, but she's taken it and spun it in a really fascinating way, and I think it's it's made a lot of women that are watching this film feel empowered and it's reframed this term Barbie even like I see Instagram captions now of women describing themselves as like being in a Barbie world where they can be whatever they want to be and go after their dreams and their ambitions And I'm like this is fascinating how we totally reframed this narrative Sarah what, what are your thoughts
2: yeah I uh I don't know maybe I'm a little bit more neutral on Barbie like I don't I didn't really like play with Barbie as a kid I was not a Barbie girl nor was I living in a Barbie world but um, (laughs) but I feel very similarly to you Jen like I don't think they produced all of these Barbies because you know female empowerment it was definitely for the monies Uh, and so the reason why I wanted to see Barbie was purely because of Greta Gerwig like this is not a Sarah movie at all uh and so the my whole purpose was like okay Greta Gerwig this is gonna be good uh and it it absolutely was and I I love that throughout the film it it pokes fun at Mattel it pokes fun at capitalism and and even when uh the the teenager is calling Barbie like uh, what she calls her like a fascist. You know, (laughs) I thought like those little touches were so funny and so good to call out these things of like this brand doesn't have these like perfect altruistic intentions, but they're out here to make money. So let's let's call that out. But let's do it in a really fun and winsome way.
1: Well, that's kind of a. A bit of a meta pursuit in and of itself in greta gerwig trying to do that by making the barbie movie right so a lot of layers to it and i also thought i don't know how much um of her back catalog you guys seen i also thought it was really interesting and very cool uh, helen miram being the narrator who throughout her decades and decades long career has been both uh, very empowering strong for women but also when she was younger, she was very much like used as a sex symbol. Is Like, I just thought that having her as a narrator was a really nice touch for especially the beginning and the ending, putting all that together and not like reckoning with her, but just like just the reality of the world we in, the, <clears throat> the reality of the world we are in and, and commerce and entertainment, how all these things are not necessary are not made in order like for the flourishing of men and women and all people like that's it's not what it's made for but (laughs) trying to do our best within the systems that there are and trying to better them as we can
0: that's one thing that i thought was really great about the ending um to your point around like we are working within systems that exist and that idea of incremental progress like i i loved the choice that when they restore Barbie world or what is it called Barbie land um they say Ken the Kens will only get one justice on their supreme court right like Mm -hmm. it, it isn't this overly rosy view of there is an a a healthy balance between these gender roles in Barbie land now no like for anyone who is in a group a people group that has been oppressed there is incremental progress that's made and it's the like big transformation, the big like Disney happily ever after ending doesn't exist. So it's oddly just like uh very aware and grounded in in reality, I thought, in a way that was was pretty fascinating, like reflective of the way that progress happens in our world too, which is not this perfect we've now restored and and created a utopia um and and achieved progress fully.
1: Well no, I mean they even say that one of the quotes I wrote down, I sat in the back row and turned my phone down and took some notes the second time I saw it. One of the quotes even was like, even if you can't make it perfect, you can make it better. Mm-hmm. The idea of taking responsibility for the things we can yeah. and and trying to make progress. I and mean, as far as the big themes, I also wasn't expecting, I mean, we talked about not expecting Ken to be as much of a focus, but really when you step back and think about it, it's easier to talk about, think about, write a story about how Barbie as a brand has harmed women, but thinking about like how that type of society that I, or um, <clears throat> that like objectifies and idolizes and thinks about things in such a crude terms as that like how that affects men as well, both in the, in the Barbie world and in the real world, like before they went to the real world, I thought it was interesting to touch like Barbie has a great day every day, but Ken only has a great day if Barbie looks at him. And then in the real world of of the pushback of men, just trying to dominate everything all the time. Like the world that created Barbie as a product doesn't just harm women. And I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm curious your thoughts on the arc that Ken goes on all the Ken's (laughs) because, um, I, went, I saw this with two friends and we went went out to eat afterwards and um, we were all dressed in pink. So the waiter was like, did you go see Barbie? And we're like, yes, of course we did.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had that conversation with a lot of people before and after. Oh, Barbie. Yeah, nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and so she she saw it as well and she felt like the film, her one critique with it was that it, she felt like a dehumanized men, which I thought was an interesting perspective. So hmm. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, Philip, around the arc that Ken seems to go on in this film and the time...
1: Well, I mean, it's a movie. I'd be interested to hear. Did she elaborate at all on that?
0: She she just it was a kind of a quick conversation, so she didn't she didn't go too far into it. She said she overall loved all of it, but her one big problem with it is that she felt like it made men seem a lot more dehumanized, and and she felt like that wasn't fair to them.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's an easy joke, right? Men, I feel like it's both safer and easier to make jokes at men's expense. But I mean, a lot of the because of the patriarchy and then the way things are um, set up by default in a lot of ways, uh, the the burden of responsibility is on men more because for better and worse, like the reality is like we we have made the systems and the rules for a very long time. I'm sure there have been like good things happen. It's not like there are no good things that men can do, but. They've not just led, they've like dominated and domineered and kept women out. Like see all the, the subtle jokes that were made, but that was to point out the real reality of, yeah, like men kind of are are playing defense and not let women into many fields for a very, very long time. Uh, I thought the doctor thing was so funny when Ken was trying to do surgery and he was talking to that uh, female doctor and he just didn't understand. That was so funny, so funny. But yeah, like I didn't feel like it was anti-men like the people who I've seen online, most of them are not serious people. But the claim that Barbie is anti-man or Greta Gerwig's script was anti-men. I feel like that's only true if necessarily like men are active uh gleeful participants in like negative patriarchal systems like it it wasn't men are all bad it's these systems are not for everybody's benefit and they should be fixed i don't necessarily feel like that's anti-man but it's easy to make fun of ryan gosling and simulu and their um little rivalry going back and forth with some of my like hardest laughs just the looks and this like the dance battle and the beach and all these things like how they just hated each other i just that was so good
2: yeah based on the the stuff that i had seen online before watching i really expected this movie to be like anti-men uh and and i i don't think that it is i i think you can get that reading if you just watch like a few minutes of it in the middle of the movie, like if you miss a like lot a little, of the movie, uh, <laughs> like the, you can make jump a jump cut of him. Saying exactly. All the things, yeah. Yes. Celeste
1: yes. Stallone. Yes. If
2: you do that, uh, <laughs> then you'll get that read. But I, I think especially that the end, you know, after the amazing dance battle, uh, where that I am Kenneth, like that whole bit. I think. I mean, I, I feel like the movie Laughter did a very, and tears. So yes, good. Yes, all at the same time. I feel like the movie, like uh, Philip, like you were just saying, did a really good job showing that it's not necessarily the men who are the problem. It is the system that has been constructed that is harming men and women and so let's focus on that rather than just being you know only for one gender uh so i i don't know i think like you said those people who have that reading are maybe not serious people like maybe let's watch this again not your uh, <laughs> friend
1: jen but like the people who are knee or who are yeah making two-hour youtube videos about how barbie is woke and bad <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the waiter. Oh, because I left the theater feeling like, wow, this this film is oddly, a surprise. I guess not oddly, surprisingly empathetic towards yeah, both.
1: I, you I know? was surprised. Yeah.
0: Like, like I loved those scenes where both Barbie and Ken enter the real world, and they are they are observing their environments. In a lot of ways, it felt like they were young kids they were like representative of young boys and young girls that just observe the worlds around them you know like all those shots of um ryan gosling observing like in corporate the microaggressions right or like at the, <laughs> the next-
1: wave away of the female <laughs> assistant that yeah. made me laugh both times so like it made me laugh but then i was also like oof, like they're like yeah. hold on a second like
0: <laughs> and then she's standing like 10 feet away just waiting you know and then he goes and gets the books and the the like all the media too that he consumed to like form this image of what a masculine you know the patriarchy essentially should look like and feel like and i thought they they were kind of like these representations of our youth and just the the things that they absorb so kind of to echo what um you were saying earlier philip around the systems like we have set up the systems and our youth observe the systems and then participate in the systems based on what they've seen. So um, I thought that was really fascinating. All those scenes.
1: Uh, Just idea wise. I also really was struck the second time, even more on the idea of just exposure to, uh, I mean, in the movie they framed it as um, Margot Robbie's Barbie wasn't kind of re sucked into, um, be the patriarchy like all the other Barbies were when Ken came back with it because like all the other Barbies were powerless because she had exposure to the real world and it got me thinking especially on the second viewing just so uh, on my show we, we talk a lot about things regarding like faith and culture and just the conversation of the deconstruction and reconstruction that a lot of people going on like a lot of people's worldview and it doesn't have to be faith related necessarily but A lot of people's sociological, political, spiritual, all those things, the worldview that they are given as a kid, many of them don't hold up to life in the real world. And I thought that that was really interesting. And just, I've got two young boys and just thinking like, I want to make sure that whatever we give them, whatever we decide that we want to pour into them, like is is substantive is is able to withstand exposure to the real world and they won't crumble and fall apart because like yeah a, a lot of the the stuff that we were given for, and, and that's like a big deep thing but again it also doesn't have to be there if you don't want it to but i was just like man like that's that's really good
0: i love that yeah especially when you see her deal with these emotions that she's never had to feel before you know like in a lot of ways this movie is also a coming-of-age story about growing up um, and moving from childhood and, and innocence and, and kind of being sheltered in Barbie land to having to face emotions like rejection and, and fear and shame and anxiety. Like, And she learns to wrestle with them and she's exposed to them um, as she enters into the real world. Uh, but I, I also loved the way that when they're trying to unbrainwash the Barbies uh, to, to break the spell of the patriarchy on them, it's through <laughs> language and discourse and words, which I thought was such a, a neat way for them to do that. Uh, of all the things they could have used and employed and, and written into that, the choice to be like, we need to capture them, put them into a van and just like talk at them and share like that transfer of ideas being thing that can spark change and, and like you said change perspectives I thought was just super cool and it it was also just fun to see um, them being lured away from the mansplaining that's great
1: too the the godfather bit both times just killed at my theater that was so funny
0: that whole montage of, of like the random things that the men are just like let me explain this or the photoshop men. thing yeah <laughs> so funny <laughs>
1: I'm sure uh, you two have plenty of stories that you can relate to uh, with those.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna ask how the uh, plot line with uh, uh, what's her name, America Ferreira worked for you. I've heard some folks feel like it was maybe a little cheesy. Her whole monologue that she gives—did it work for you? That whole that whole plot line. Uh.
2: I I think it was fine. I I think it was cheesy, but it didn't feel out of place for me. Um I think her monologue, like I it didn't resonate with me as much as it did with other women, and that's okay. You know, I I I, I think that her character served a very important role in the movie. So like I wouldn't change her arc or her character, but that wasn't the part of the movie that, that really resonated with me the most, but I, it it was fine. It worked. It was effective. Nailed it. I,
1: I liked her character. I would agree that I thought that the big speech at the end was a little bit much, but especially on opening night, man, that crushed with a lot of the crowd. And like, I wasn't exactly who it's for. It's like, obviously I agree with a lot of that, but it, It it didn't even hit me. I felt like it was a little bit heavy handed, but it it really worked for the crowd. But I, I really liked her and her daughter's story because they were the people in the real world, like two generations, kind of showing how they were positively and negatively affected. So I thought her character was great. And when it was revealed in the van or whatever, in the SUV, that she was the one who brought barbie into the real world real world and not her daughter it was it was very emotional like that beat landed really well but then also the lens of like oh yeah like it isn't just little girls who <clears throat> how, how do i say this like the effect that barbie the toy and idea has isn't just because it only affects girls until they're seven or eight years old like those girls grow up and then when they have daughters they they try to share that as well and then when their daughters grow out of it like there's a reaction to that as well like again it doesn't all have to be there but when you think about it it's like man that's actually like way deeper than I thought it was going to be um and I mean my oldest is about to be five here he's not ready to to grow up and leave but like any anything in a movie now about like, a kid like growing out of childhood and getting ready to go out on their own like that just gets me man
0: yeah i i loved that like uh twist if we can call it a twist yeah sort of we, we, yeah, the yeah, reveal re- the reveal um <laughs> that it wasn't the young girl that is the one that brought barbie into the real world but it was the, the mom and specifically like all the the reframing of those shots around uh um, it was focused kind of more narrowly on the young girl, but you like zoom out a little bit and see the full frame. I thought that was really, really neat. And like the mechanism of this idea of someone in the real world playing with you and then projecting their thoughts, feelings, fears onto you as a Barbie is what like sucks you through the portal. I thought like that whole world building rule or logic was pretty fascinating because I think there is this aspect of like for for young kids, they – project or or see themselves with their toys you know whatever the toy might be if it's barbie dolls or action figures or something like that there's this like imaginative play aspect that there's like a a identification with the thing that you're playing with that i thought was really fascinating and then it, it fueling continuing to fuel that like creative spark or kind of like you were saying Philip, the after effects longer term of what that does for um the way they think about themselves as they become adults, and that's still trickling in there. Uh, I thought it just was like really, really neat. Oh well, yeah,
1: she picked up her kid's toy because her kid wanted to throw mm-hmm. it away, and then she's dealing with all this existential yeah. dread and fear and anxiety and all these things, and then mm-hmm. then that gets projected onto Barbie, who then comes into the real world and then has to grapple with all of that. I mm-hmm. man, again. Greta Gerwig and Noah probably worked on that for years and you can't, you can't duplicate that and be like, all right, give me a movie in eight months. Like let's get our Thomas, the tank engine movie out now. Or Uno. I saw Uno's going to like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah. even yeah. if they get a great director and a great writer, that's just the craziest thing anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I loved that. I, I really did like her character a lot.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you bring up a good point, which is that I think a lot of this could have easily felt pretty cheap, you know, like, oh, we just start bringing these figures to life and then watching them do things and go on an adventure in a world and then that's it, you know, but like all of the details and the I think um, someone had mentioned this earlier, but the world building and how consistent it all worked with each other with the metaphors, like this kind of like hierarchy of metaphors that exist here. And then all of the little details within that hierarchy of metaphors, all having meaning that fuel each other. I just thought that was so smartly done.
1: Uh, We also haven't talked about Kate McKinnon and how great she was as weird Barbie.
0: (laughs) She was unhinged. It was
2: great. Honestly. And again, like, like so relatable too. Like, I I don't know. I feel like there's so much of this movie that is relatable on so many layers. Because uh, honestly, like, with my Barbies, I was probably the kid who played too hard with her Barbies and made the weird Barbie. So I was like, oh, yeah, I probably had some that looked like that. I don't remember. Um, but I love that it was this, like, humorous, funny, weird character. But then she is so important to the plot. And she, like, is this guide for Barbie uh, throughout the film. So it's, she's so weird. She's this outcast, but she also has such wisdom to share. And then her willingness to obviously share that, but, you know watching the other barbies come around and and them being accepting of weird barbie and her being willing to forgive them for calling her weird barbie like i love that she had her own little arc instead of being just this like weird misfit sidekick off to the side
1: i also really loved again both times it killed the theater the uh the matrix joke with the high heel and the the flat i thought that was so she said, no, you, you need to pick this one. I just want, it's like, no, I, I don't uh-huh. want that.
0: And the fact that it was a Birkenstock is just so good. Yeah. It was perfect. It was so good. That was great. Another, another character that I felt like was pretty significant. I mean, he's he's there for a lot of the like jokes and whatnot, but Alan, I thought Alan's Loved Alan. purpose in this film was also incredibly significant because you have these like clearly two extremes of this, like, gender spectrum and the way that we've like traditionally expressed gender in our society. And then there's Alan, who's just like, somewhere in the middle, and he doesn't really fit in with I he doesn't fit with the Ken's he doesn't fit in with the Barbies. <laughs> just loving, like-
1: but all Ken's clothes fit him.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I thought Michael has just played him really well, you know, that like kind of empty head, but there's also like a lot there the timing, all of that was so good. Comedic timing.
1: I think one of the next times I watch it, I'm going to be watching it for kind of Alan's arc. Like I really,
0: nice. I, I
1: loved him every time he popped up. I didn't give him as much thought as I've seen some other, and I haven't gone deep on everybody's reviews or readings. I've only listened to a little bit of podcasts on it. I'm I'm excited for the, the discourse. Usually I'm running away from that. Um, now Twitter may or may not exist going forward. Who knows? But I'm excited to see... Different thoughtful people's takes on Barbie. Particularly, I think I'm very curious to kind of spend some time on Alan.
0: Okay, other other fun thoughts about Barbie.
1: I mean, I'm just Ken. I feel like is the anthem of the summer.
0: Okay, that's one thing that I thought was so smart for this movie to do. It's just this like weird blend of so much commerce and like pop culture, but also um, so meaningful. But the amount of snippets that have been able to been taken, like songs, moments that are memes that are just like trickling out of this movie onto TikTok and Instagram and whatnot, is just insane to me. Like the um, song from Billie Eilish, the what was it? Oh I my made gosh! For, yeah. The montage, like people are just creating montages of like them with their closest friends that are females and just set to that song it's beautiful it's like the celebration of womanhood like people are there's so many snippets that i feel like were made for social media i don't know if that was the intention or that's just like the you know ripple effect but so they were they were very strategic about choosing some like big musical artists the marketing team needs to nailed it a lot for this nailed movie. It. yeah yeah
1: well i mean yeah they clearly at the box office already and in the culture Yeah, very successful.
2: And I think what's really amazed me about Barbie is I I have friends who are not like movie people. And they have been like, I'm going to go see Barbie. And I'm excited about Barbie. I'm like, wait, like, why why are you excited? I know why I'm excited. Yeah, for us, it's a Greta Gerwig movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's also just been fascinating to see how how much this has seeped into culture and is drawing people in it's
0: incredible i i just want to analyze the heck out of it because it is like just like a firestorm of attention and energy it is like a thing to do people are throwing barbie themed parties um people are posting their like graduation from law school with captions about, like, being a Barbie in a world. Yeah, like, this like,
1: Barbie is a da-da-da-da-da with all their accomplishments. I just saw one of my friends who's yeah. he's very accomplished. She just did that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, we've reframed what Barbie means entirely to represent so much more.
1: That is progress.
0: But also, I'm like, Mattel is just going to maybe make a bank after this. You know, right. like, wow. This is the best marketing they could have ever done for themselves for this brand. It's this movie, the best two hour ad for them. Yeah. Greta did them a solid.
1: Yeah. I hope she got paid. I hope she got percentage of uh,
0: like all Barbie uh, sales from now on, you know, like, yeah,
1: (laughs) man, those deals, that's a a side note, like industry side note, man, the people back in the day, uh, you could take a lower uh, contract and get like merchandising points and like that's just the craziest thing in the world to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Any other last thoughts about Barbie before we wrap? It's
1: great. I, I can't wait to watch it again and again. And like, this is a great movie that I feel like, I I feel like it's an instant cult classic almost. Like this is one where annually I could see it be like a uh, nine or 10 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night. Like everybody wear pink. at like your local theater, like maybe not a chain, but like, I could see this doing like a a the room or a Rocky Horror thing, where like people go every year to watch Barbie, and this could make this could pack a house. I feel like every year, like immediately.
0: And there's so much that you do it up to make it like a an event, you know, like
1: yeah, like a a dress
0: code. There's an entire it really is.
1: I feel like you could have Barbie Night, like at the end of the summer or to kick off the summer, like every year. Like if you were a smart theater owner, and you could you could do Gangbusters. I don't remember the last movie I saw. Like, it's always fun to watch like a big like horror or a comedy with a packed out yeah. house, um, but usually those are smaller. Uh, but I mean, like this, I truly feel like, like right away, like this could this could be that.
0: Mm-hmm. The quotable lines, you know, like is this the Mean Girls of this generation or the Fight Club? That works too.
1: Well, you and know? so that before, yeah, so that I was. Being a little tiny, I put that in my first letterbox (laughs) review, like the idea of and that kind of goes with some of the deconstructing too. like looking at how you're formed and what your values are and why they're likely made by a corporation, like how your value, how you are bought and sold your worth, but coming from a slightly different. And I feel like also the nice thing about Barbie is it's less likely to be misunderstood by folks. I think Fight Club is a masterpiece and it is incredible, but it's been co-opted by some concerning folks. Um, I don't think that either the writer of the book or the creators of the film um, intended it to be used the way many people have. So like in that instance of like questioning how, frankly, capitalism has formed us as Americans and kind of fighting back on that that's that's kind of <laughs> the uh, the angle i was thinking but it's also it has all those things it's it's pink and it's meta and it's got ryan gosling and margot robbie and like all these things that people want out of a movie but it also can be really thoughtful and potentially very powerful
0: yeah so true and just a good time you know it's hard to like reach yeah. people without the ability to entertain well and like make it a fun other like a summer blockbuster event you know like she's created so many films in her career and in her, in her portfolio that have covered so many of these concepts but it's exciting to see that she's now a household name you know and has been able to like reach very much such a men, broader yeah. audience yeah yeah well
1: and technically yeah, like this is her third solo directing career so that's super impressive mm-hmm. like She's been making movies, like, co-writing for forever, but this is only her third solo directing, and it's quite a feature. Little Women also, I feel like that's an annual, like, put that in in your Christmas programming. I feel like that might not pack a house as much as Barbie, but, um, (laughs) yeah, she makes – I love that she makes movies that you can return to
0: again and again. Yeah, this will be a really fun one to – Revisit and catch all the throwaway lines, the little details and the sets and stuff, you know, like there's there's so we didn't talk about
1: the sets, the set decoration. Like, I feel like a number of Oscar nominations are locked in, but I feel like the set decoration, like I feel like just give them the trophy right now. Like that was that was incredible. I've yet to see Oppenheimer, and I'm sure that all the prestige movies have like cool period costumes, but like just the design of Barbie land was pretty incredible.
0: And I love that they use practical effects for a lot of it. I was pleasantly surprised at that as well. I think it, it makes a difference, because, and especially because Barbie is like a tactile thing that we've so much of us have played with that you can feel like you just want to like enter into that world and go and play. You know what I mean? Like that, I thought that was such a smart choice, probably the more expensive choice than using CGI, but um, the Fayed level off. of effort. Yeah. Well worth it.
1: Uh, and I wonder, because I was surprised with – this is, again, maybe a little bit of a, a sides with uh, when Glass Onion was nominated that was adapted because Knives Out existed before. I don't know if this will be adapted or original screenplay, but whatever mm-hmm. it's eligible for, I think screenplay-wise, this should win. I would think original because it's not – I hope original. This story yeah. isn't based on anything, but it was weird when Glass Onion had that, so I don't know what the rules are for it an IP movie.
0: Cause there have been Barbie animated movies. I
1: don't think there's ever I been a feature, like a theatrical. I don't know. Maybe not, yeah. No a idea. Feature.
0: They were terrible. They were very bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did just watch a, a letterbox interview with somebody who marathoned all of like 30 or 40 straight to video Barbie animated. And like, they ranked their top five for people who wanted to see them. And I was like, should I put a couple of this on my watch list? I was like, no, I've got too much. <laughs>
0: I've got far better things to do yeah <laughs> Profs that person that spent like 25 hours of their life doing the research for us
1: it's a lot but see lot. that's the power of Greta like the excitement around yeah. this was so special and I'm excited yeah. for whatever hopefully original thing next that gets everybody mm-hmm. everybody in yeah.
0: I am intrigued to see how this will also open doors for her to get her ideas funded now. You know what I mean? Like clearly she has proven she can, she can draw an audience and that people will are here for the things that she creates and her ideas. So. Well, she says
1: I was, I I stuck my nose up to it at first. She said she wants to be a studio filmmaker now and kind of step away from some of the indie stuff. And I think her next two projects are, I don't think she announced which one specifically. I don't know if it's one and two or. Taking time off, mm-hmm. do one of three. She's uh, Netflix is making remaking again. I don't even think they finished them the last tried they the last time they tried to make them the uh, Narnia books into movies. So she's doing at least two of those, and I was like, okay, there are a lot of versions of that, but I mean, I'll be here for uh-huh. it. I guess um, I'd love to see her doing her own thing, but if she's able to bring thoughtful, high concept, high execution to stuff yes. like. I feel like in a way that's subversive because the stuff that's getting funded is the big uh, already known stuff, which is irritating. But I guess if, if that's where the money is and that's the only place for creatives to play in some ways, I would rather see mm-hmm. a with originals, but she yes. do what she does.
0: Yes. I want her to have the same like clout that Nolan has. Like if there, if, if his name is attached to a movie, People will go see it. You know what I mean? That that level of being the advertising in her name is her name. I'm I'm hopeful yeah. what this can kick off for her.
1: I um, saw a lot of directed by Greta Gerwig shirts and I think I might good. get one.
0: That's awesome. Love to see it. Good. All right. Well, this was our review and discussion of Barbie. You can find it available out in theaters. I'm sure your local theater will have lots of showings for this. I think this was showing like every hour. <laughs> for the weekend that it came out yeah
1: make that money
0: Mm -hmm. well thank you for listening to this week's episode of movies and us and thank you philip for joining and sharing all of your awesome perspectives about barbie where can people find more of you your content the substance pod on the interwebs
1: so, yeah, the the show that I host and run is called The Substance. Uh, you can find that on all the major pod catchers and some of the smaller ones as well. Type in The Substance, uh, bi-weekly show, bi-weekly variety show faith, culture, the arts. Um, We do, for the movie fans, obviously, since you listen to this show, we have uh, a series called Substantive Cinema, where we go through movies of substance. We actually, um, Little Women, we covered uh, right after it came out with uh, Vox.com, Alyssa Wilkinson. That was a, a wonderful show. And I mean, we've had people like Josh Larson from Film Spotting and Mike White from The Projection Booth. Um, Tyler Huckabee we've had some local film critics here in Kansas City Um, if you like movies or thoughtful discussions on faith in the arts check out The Substance um, and then The Substance Pod on the social medias and uh, yeah check us out and if you like it give it a 5 star rating and give these gals a five-star rating too i've seen how long they've been doing it and they only have a few give them a five-star rating as well
0: love it yeah they they have a ton of really great guests and, and content and conversations over there on the substance Pod. make sure you check it out
1: oh i didn't even say this the last the last guest we had and the next guest we had are letterbox people so yeah. if you're a movie fan and know what that means mm-hmm. that was awesome we just had my buddy slim from letterboxd and I don't know if I want to say the next one because it's not recorded and in the can yet, but one of the very public uh, letterbox people who you hear talk a lot um, will be coming on the show soon to actually talk about a movie whose director he interviewed recently as well. So excited for that.
0: Mm -hmm. Lots of good content coming up for them on the Substance Pod. All right. Well, our name sums it up. We're all about movies and the powerful ways we can connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. Everyone is welcome here and we're so glad you spent time with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review, letting us know your thoughts about Barbie and the Barbie phenomenon. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at movies and us pod or email us at moviesanduspod at gmail.com. We will be back next week. We are kicking off a 24 August, which we're so excited about after a summer of blockbusters. Uh, so we'll be discussing a ghost story next week.
1: That's on that's on my perspective list. I can't wait.
0: Yes, neither sir and I've watched it yet, but man gonna be it's gonna be good it's gonna be really good uh all right well we hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you next week